Good morning. I'm glad you could be with me today in the Unfolding the Word ministry. We're in the midst of an extended verse-by-verse study of the book of Romans. We're in the first chapter. I want to pick up our reading today, beginning in verse 9 and on through verse 12. For God is my witness, whom I serve in my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you, always in my prayers, asking that somehow God, by God's will, I may at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, yours and mine. Yesterday we were looking at the first part of these verses I read to you in verse 9, talking about Paul's prayer for the Roman believers. The wonder of how his attitude toward the Roman believers had changed. When he was unsaved, a Jew, he was part of that group that hated the Romans. The Romans had occupied their country, were creating all kinds of injustice and violence in the country. But now, having come to know Christ, he began to view them differently, particularly those Romans who had become brothers and sisters in Christ. He now saw them in a different light. And part of the proof of that change of perspective was seen in the fact that he was committed to praying for them. And when he prayed for them, he was consistent. He was more than just saying, I'll pray for you. He was praying for them. And therein is the major difference that some people will say, I'll pray for you, but they don't really mean they'll pray for you with consistency. They're saying it is kind of a comforting word. Paul meant what he said. He was praying for them consistently. Now today, building on that issue of prayer, Paul tells us he was praying, among other things, for a specific outcome. And his prayer is that they would finally be able to be together in person. He wanted fellowship with them. And then he goes, having said that, into a discussion of why he wanted fellowship with them. It was not merely to satisfy curiosity. It was not merely to finally be able to see, well, I was in another town. But he had some goals that would emerge out of fellowship and time with them. Then let's look at some of those. He was always asking God for this opportunity to be there. He wanted to be with them. He was desiring to be with them. His attitude toward the Romans is very similar to his attitude toward the Thessalonican believers. We encounter it in the second chapter of 1 Thessalonians, verses 17 to 19. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we've endeavored all the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face, because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. (laughs) Paul desired fellowship with the Thessalonican believers. He desired fellowship with the Roman believers. In fact, he not only desired it, He uses the word longs here. He says, for I long to see you. That translates the Greek word epitheo, which refers to a deep yearning, a deep desire. To understand that word, think in your life about something you really, really, really wanted. It occupied your attention. It just stayed there inside of you and was pushing you 
It was a yearning, a deep desire. <clears throat> that was the view that Paul is discussing here. And think again about this issue of that was a desire he had to be with some Romans. <laughs> Believers, yes, but they were still Romans. And uh, you know, as I've said already, what his attitudes would have been along with the other Jews toward the Romans. Now, why was he so longing for this opportunity to be with the Roman church, just like he was longing for that opportunity to be with the Thessalonican church? And he tells us here, he says, I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift to you to strengthen you, that we may be mutually encouraged as we are together. He longs to be with them so that mutual ministry can take place. He longs to spend time with them because he understands something emerges out of such a time that can be found no other way. Ministry is intended by a God to be in the context of relationship. And in that relationship, there's a mutual ministry, one to the other, that takes place. Ministry is never one-directional. Even though Paul was certainly teaching and proclaiming the gospel and building disciples, he saw ministry with other believers and gathering with other believers as an opportunity for mutual ministry, mutual encouragement. A strong, strong challenge to us. In Hebrews chapter 10, we encounter a bit more about why that mutual ministry occurs, why we should long for the opportunity to meet with someone. Listen to these words in verses 25 to 20, 23 to 25 in Hebrews 10. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We get together, we long to be together with brothers and sisters in Christ so that we can stir one another up to love and good deeds. There's a dynamic emerging out of it. In Hebrews chapter 3, uh, we read some more about what it is that comes out of this mutual ministry that he's talking about here. Listen to these verses in 12 to 13 of the third chapter of Hebrews. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. We meet together, uh, not just to stir one another up to growth in ministry, but also to challenge one another, to encourage each other in the direction of surrender and stewardship, to help one another to escape the inevitable sort of self-deceiving that and hardening that falls upon us when we're out of fellowship and we begin to drift. God says, we need to meet together. We need to be in fellowship. God intends our fellowship together to be crucial to our Christian walk, both for encouraging growth and ministry, surrender and lordship, and escaping hardness, callousness, and self-deception as a believer. God calls for us not to forsake assembling together because it's part of his plan to keep us going. When we meet with one another, we see each other's faith. I'm talking about meeting with real believers now, 
And you're, and if you spend time together, you encourage one another. It settles you in your faith and it encourages you in your faith and vice versa. You do the same for the others. And even the leaders need that. Paul said, I need it. I want to come so I can be, we can have mutual encouragement, not just that I'm encouraging you, but I need the encouragement that only you can give for me. Fellowship is central to God's great plan. That's what koinonia, the, tra- the Greek word translated fellowship, partnership in the New Testament is all about. And God says, I do not want you uh, somehow avoiding gathering together because you need interaction with each other in fellowship. And by the way, sitting in a huge auditorium uh, as a spectator is not what that's about. We're talking about interaction together, uh, being engaged with other believers. There's where we find this mutual encouragement, growth, and so forth. Often I will challenge a believer and say, listen, if you've been struggling inside, if you're not making progress in your faith, if you're finding things pretty difficult sometimes, let me ask you, have you been in fellowship? (laughs) Are you engaged with other believers? Is there mutual ministry going on? Inevitably, the answer will be no. Uh, God says, listen, we need that mutual ministry together. We need to prioritize being together. Paul understood it, taught by God in such a way that he said, I'm longing for the chance to be with you. One of my core prayer concerns and focuses is that I would be with you as believers at Rome. He was prioritizing that time because he understood the crucial role of mutual ministry to one another. By the way, let me make a comment on this, contemporary comment. Gathering together in this way involves engagement and relationship. It is not merely being spectators. That's one of the reasons why uh, the, the contemporary idea of streaming services is an affront to the scriptures. Uh, nothing wrong with sending out messages of teaching. That's what this is. But if we're calling that the church and using that instead of the gathering where we're actually engaging with one another, we've misunderstood what the church is all about. Well, Paul says, I'm praying so that I can get to be with you. Because I need and you need what can happen no other way than through our mutual ministry to one another. Do you see fellowship that way? I hope that you do. Well, join me next time and we'll continue on in the book of Romans now in the first chapter. And I want to start to talk in the upcoming verses about Paul's sense of obligation toward those who didn't know Christ. Join me then, won't you? God bless.